I'm Shark Child, and this is The Dark Verse, a collection of my strange works with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. Go to sharkchild.com. From there, you can go to my Facebook page and become one of my fans. You can go to my Twitter page and follow me and you can watch my book promo video and do all of those great things sharkjaw.com is a hub to all of my social sites so it's the best place to go for everything shark child so i suggest you do that i also suggest you give the dark verse a review on itunes i like those it helps me and lastly i suggest that you go to sharkchildsremains.com or amazon and order my book the Dark Verse Volume 1, which is called From the Passages of Revenants. Alright, time for a little story now. This one is bringing back some of the elements of fantasy, kind of like what we heard back in the day of the changing faith. Uh, kind of bringing back a little bit of that vibe, so enjoy. This is episode 46 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled The Ilks of Devotion. Grand castles full of cities and heavy, luscious woods lined the horizon. Their mixtures of greys and greens flooded my sight with thick promise. It was Alvershiven's den. The long journey was finally over. Are you going to do it? Ten men asked while he bent down on one knee beside me on the hill overlooking the magnificent scene. His pale yellow shoulders stood taller than my head. Yes, I said. This is what we have come for. I must. Rust their souls. Seize me, ten men. The star-child giant stood and positioned himself behind me. He wedged his knees heavily into the ground and then grabbed me by my arms, fastening me to the earth as surely as flesh bound by an iron stake. Do not let go until I have returned and spoken the words of rekindling. And with that, I cast my eyes to the sun, capturing its rays and connecting them to my soul. Hevinatar, I spoke. A flagrant burst of light expounded from the sun and leapt through space and time into my being, filling me to the brim with astral, cosmic, transmogrifying energy. It burned through my insides and masked my shape and form immaculately, holding my physical presence within ten men's grip as a glowing shell while my true essence was released. I then shot across the valley before Alvershiven's den like an arrow at the speed of light. I blazed through the cities of Alvershiven's den with unmatched grace, reinventing every particle, living and non-living. As a shard of invisible mass, I penetrated the entire landscape, 
burning, melting, scattering. Flesh fell away, stone crumbled. Spirits cried their infinitesimal screams before succumbing to the composition of my incredible supremacy. With the entire region captured within my crystalline radiance, I launched towards the heavens, funneling the lost spirits and cindered structures like an inverted tornado up behind me. Into the nether of space I guided them, covering thousands of miles with fractions of seconds until time and space fell away and the atmosphere of our traveling turned into the oblivion of Carethsa. Like the sands of a vast shore, I placed the remnants of my gathering upon the shelves of unfamiliar conception, lending their complexities to the minds of the architect's enigma. I then returned to my body. Obsiva, I whispered as I regained access to my limbs and organs. The color of my flesh returned, the beat of my heart reset, the emotions of humanity re-emerged. Ten men released his hold. It is done, he said. Yes, I have yielded the greatest offering of all time, the paramount offering. May our souls forever be kept safe. Now, let us return home. Within the comfort of a fire and the stars above, I sat beside ten men who prepared a stag for our evening meal. His massive hands ripped slabs of meat easily from the creature, placing them upon the fire. Do you think it worked, ten men? I asked the giant. I will never be able to forget the lives I took. It will forever be my curse. I cannot imagine it being for nothing. It is the price of your sacrifice, Tenman replied. You will never be able to forget what you have done, but there is none in this world other than you who could hold such a heavy burden. Do I think it worked? Yes, I do, and for that your family will forever be indebted to you. The stars speak of what you have done today, and they do not speak lightly. It was the glory of our land, and I took it, every last piece. May my fate have mercy on me. You did what you had to do. Peace be yours for now, Lockhern. Peace be yours. Ten men offered me a piece of cooked meat. I took it, and began to eat. My sleep was restless. Voices pricked my mind in a succession of hideous pleas. It was the screams of thousands. I could not escape their vengeful wrath. There was no solace for me to claim while they haunted me. I awoke with the moisture of sweat coating my body. I shot my head to the sky and locked my sight with the distant stars. I pray you hold me close. Keep me from harm, I whispered to them. I strained my eyes and drank deeply of their faint glows, letting what I could pull within me ease my troubled mind. Two months passed before ten men and I arrived back to the hedge on Heddle Ridge. My family greeted us warmly and with eager ears to hear of our tidings. After the welcome was complete, the council of our village gathered and requested our presence. I was the first to speak. Has nothing changed here? I asked the council. 
which consisted of four women and two men, each an ambassador of one of the architect's six concepts. Has there been no relief these last two months? I have made the offering and yet I still see the blemishes upon our people. Since ten men and I had left, completed our quest and returned, there had been no turn in the war against the wickedness of the disease plaguing the people of the hedge of Heddle Ridge. Lockhorn, ten men tried to calm me. I ignored him. What I have done is an atrocity. Answer me now. Time is of no use to the architects, spoke out Myrtle, ambassador for the architects' concept of age. They care not for our timeline, you know this. They will act when they deem it. You do not understand what I have done, I said. I did not carry out this journey for sport. I did it for consequence, the consequence of the architect's action. We understand what you have done, but we cannot understand the reasoning behind their decisions. Jalmail, the ambassador of the architect's concept of logic, spoke in his low, raspy voice. It is as much a futile effort to blame them for inaction as it is to blame them for action. There is no changing them. Then why the offering? Why did it have to be done? The ambassador of the architect's concept of relationship, Scylla, answered next. As a sign of our devotion, Lockhearn, to prove our loyalty. Without such deeds, we are no different than insects. Insects do nothing for us. They are annoyances with their ways. In retrospect, we are even more a trifle to the architects than the insects are to us, so we must make that much more of an effort to gain favor and prove our zeal. The meeting ended without any tangible answer explaining the lack of reprieve against the dying village. The council was perfectly content with my offering, and they were perfectly content with waiting. I was not. I was agitated, and left the meeting without a formal dismissal. That night, the screams of thousands were worse than ever. They came down upon me like javelins, carving my ethereal body into pieces of sickening guilt. There was no lull in their occurrence, there was no hesitation with their performance. And when I awoke in the middle of the night, the screams continued, for they did not end with the ceasing of dream. They continued into certainty, emanating throughout the hedge on Heddle Ridge. My spine tensed and almost split at the realization of their lurid existence. I ran to the roads with hands over my ears. The screams were real. I listened in poignant torture as the guttural sounds careened through the homes of my loved ones and their loved ones, and so on. The entire village was ablaze with the dreadful pandemonium. I fell to my knees, still clutching my ears. Then I clutched my heart. It was too much to bear. What I had done, it was too much. Ten men! I roared when I saw the star-child giant stumbling towards me in the distance. Invisible things were latching to his body, holding him back and tearing him from life. Ten men! I yelled his name over and over until he reached me. I wanted nothing more than his presence next to mine. Seize me, ten men, I told my friend. But Lockhorn, 
he urged. The stars and moon's light is not enough. You will not be able to return. You may not even survive the separation. Seize me, ten men. It was not open to discussion. The giant took his position behind me while fighting as well as he could against the intruding apparitions of the screams of thousands. He grasped my arms and held me as firmly as he ever had. I hurled my eyes to the night sky, taking in their blemished radiance. Hevenitar, I spoke. With my words, streams of pale light converged upon my soul. They slowly entered me and soaked my being with the elements they possessed. There was not enough power to fill my essence, but I broke free anyway, leaving the half-remnants of my replicated body for ten men to hold. I then rocketed towards the distant abyss of space. One civilization for another, and yet my people are not saved. An all-powerful race, and yet they show no mercy. Incomprehensible beings, and yet their logic has no relevance. These things I asked of myself as I entered Karevsa and the realm of the architect's enigma. Using what light hung within my essence, I scoured the lairs of the architect's dark void and took back with me those granules of Alvershivan's den I had first collected. I scavenged for everything I could find, every piece that would link with my fading presence, the lives lost, the possessions owned. I took them back with me through time and space, back through the atmosphere of my world, and back to the hedge on Heddle Ridge. The pieces of the remains brought back with me took up mass and form once more, and fell upon my village as white ash, ceasing the insidious curse that had sought revenge against my people and I. With those pieces, I also became ash, as the energy of the light within me failed and severed my essence from my soul. My last glimpse was of ten men holding the frail husk of what I once was, just before it crumbled beneath his grip. His face then showed the sincerity and true virtue of devotion. That concludes episode 46 of The Dark Verse. Go to thedarkverse.com or iTunes or Zune Marketplace to download all of the past podcasted episodes. If you have some extra time, I would greatly appreciate it if you could go to the page of my book on Amazon.com and uh, if you scroll down to the middle of the page, you'll see that you can add some tags to my book. Uh, If you could add some tags and some search tags for my book, that'd be great. So uh, yeah, do that if you have some time. Other than that, have an abundant life. Peace. All stories on the Dark Verse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.